doing a uh, uh, test run uh, live streaming. Um, I've been a guest on um, other live streams, mostly uh, Nate Major over at his channel, uh, Western Revival, there on YouTube. Um, I also was a guest on um, Blake's channel and uh, run by another guy named, uh, I guess he goes by No Lives Matter. Um, so tonight, we are going to talk about the uh, uh, COVID mask tyranny thing. Um, this came to me an understanding that I should probably talk about this and probably try to do a live stream about it because I went to a uh, local big box store here and um, I was told that I could not go into the store unless I wore a mask. My response was that, no, I don't, I don't need to wear a mask. So, you know, this progressed into an argument with um, uh, brainwashed people that were not particularly intelligent. But um, since you could tell that they were effectively... Uh, powerless employees, I decided to sort of let it go because, you know, they don't really have control over the store. I mean, they're sort of like just doing whatever their boss tells them to do. So I think it became a little bit uh, mean <laughs> to continue arguing with them and telling them what, you know, what's what because... Uh, they could not hold their own in terms of argument, and uh, eventually it sort of became the equivalent of pleading with me to stop and just just comply. Please just comply. You know, something like that. I mean, obviously, literally say that, but, you know, it could have been that. So, um, eventually I went in the car and got a bandana, which, you know, I really don't like doing. Um, I did not wear it the whole time. I refused to do that. I wore it to go past the little, uh, you know, security checkpoint bullshit they set up at the front. And then uh, once I was in the store, I kind of half wore it. I did a little, uh, one of these things where it's like, a, you know, half on, half off. Got the, got the nose hanging out. You know, you just got it slumped around. And then when an employee walks by, I go, oh, yeah, I'm wearing it. And then as soon as they're gone, there it goes. <sighs> Because, you know, this is some serious bullshit. Um, the problem is, is that um, as far as I understand, there is no constitutional grounds to make people who are not sick uh, and not in a medical situation wear a mask or uh, anything like that. And um, you have insane governors like uh, Gretchen Whitmer here in my state, Michigan, that are using this whole COVID thing which the response is largely a hoax. I mean, yeah, the, the virus is real, but it's, you know, so is AIDS. You, nobody, you know, people didn't stop having sex. They just went about it a little bit differently. And for the most part, nothing changed for most people. And uh, the government couldn't really force people to change. Um, you know, the, the common, uh, common flu, common cold kills people every single year, always does, always has, always will. And we don't, um, you know, slam on the brakes of the global economy over um, diseases of this sort. Uh, it would be completely ridiculous to do that. And yet, that's sort of what's expected here. And then not only that, but if you 
disagree or think it's ridiculous or think even that it's completely a hoax. I, I don't think that's true. I think there's a lot of evidence to, to say that it is real. It's just, you know, like I said, so is HIV, but people didn't stop having sex for that. And so um, even if you think it's real, that doesn't mean that I should necessarily have to comply. And if the masks work, um, I was watching Owen Benjamin, uh, and he pointed this out, that if the mask worked, then why do I need to wear it? It should prevent you from, you know, I guess the idea is, is that you're not going to cough or, you know, spew droplets onto the other people. Okay, I guess that makes a sort of sense. But the problem is, is that the virus is, uh, so I think I read somewhere that it's 0. 0.007 microns and the mask uh, filter, filter at 0.03 microns. So it's not even close. Um, you know, maybe it can stop like big blobs of spit from, you know, coughing on somebody. Dude, who, who coughs big blobs of spit on other people's face anyway? Right? It's ridiculous. I don't do that. I didn't do that before this whole bullshit, and I'm not going to do it afterwards either because it's just generally rude. And then anyway, um, so that, uh, there was a medical professional on my Facebook uh, post who will go unnamed to protect his um, his career, to say the least, if, if he's even using I don't even know if he's using his real name. But anyway, we'll, go, we'll, we'll, we'll say an anonymous medical professional. And he was saying that he heard it to like um, throwing a handful of sand at a chain link fence. It's just, it's not even close, you know? So why are we doing this as a country? And uh, I don't know about other people. I think um, I'm not the only one. I think people are starting to get really angry, including me. I mean, first of all, they've robbed our whole summer. You know, you, you only get maybe 100 summers in your whole life. If you're, uh, you know, if you're healthy, probably most people get something like 80, you know, high 70s. That's it. That's all you get. And that's the only time of the year that you can truly go out. I mean, I live in, in you know, Michigan, so it's uh, cold most of the rest of the year. Personally, I prefer the, the fall and the um, springtime anyway. But um, they're taking a big chunk of your whole year away. And for what? For, for a disease that uh, kills less than 1% of the population? And even that 1%, how many of them are above 70? How many of them are very obese or smoke or, you know, uh, drink or do other, you know, medically unhealthy things anyway and, and would have been, you know, a threat from a regular thing like a regular cold or a regular flu and other viruses like that. And and the question is, is so, you know, they're taking away a, uh, you know, a year, you know, a season of a year of your life to protect these people that might, you know, die from a seasonal flu anyway. And the best course of action for them would be to keep them home. Uh, same with people that are immunocompromised. As far as I understand, um, people that are very old or people that are uh, immunocompromised are the only people that are at real risk, you know, um, statistically significant risk. So, why are we going to take away the life of all the rest of the people for those people when the best course of action, excuse me, to protect those people would be to just um, quarantine them? Um, that's been pretty well established by a lot of medical professionals that aren't uh, in the pocket of the deep state and various other corrupt organizations like that. And, uh, 
you know, it's pretty frustrating. And I wonder when the people are going to have enough. Um, I, for one, am getting pretty uh, sad about it, pretty uh, dis distressed, because um, I, I, for one, don't want to hear Americans jumping up and down and screaming around and, you know, yelling and cheering and, and chanting about your freedom, because you don't got any. You have none. I mean, we're so far away from freedom, you can't even see it. It's freedom has left the building. It's gone. And uh, you're like, oh, that's uh, you're being extreme. That's hyperbolic. Well, uh, I guess sort of. I mean, I'm, I'm saying this this way for effect, but uh, in a way, not really. No, it isn't. I mean, they've trampled over whatever rights you had remaining. I mean, our rights had already been fairly infringed to begin with, but you know, now the ones we had left are uh, being uh, wrapped up. So they don't have, uh, you know, they, they can just evoke safety and public health. And now that's it. You just, you know, there's no opposition. There is no, uh, there is no governors and other uh, government officials who are uh, being tyrants and trampling all over your constitutions. None of these people are uh, becoming tree ornaments, which is my uh, censorship speak for you know what. Um, how our ancestors would have handled it. Um, it makes me think what, you know, what, what's it going to take? I mean, uh, you know, we th think this is bad and people are starting to get frustrated, but what if the disease had killed, I don't know, 10% of the population at a 10% death rate? And could you imagine the extremes that would be going the, uh, all of our supply chains for everything, the whole cities, the whole entire structure of the society are um, um, lean manufacturing and just-in-time uh, supply chains. I don't actually know about this. I actually went to school for it. I did a whole, um, it's called a master's certificate with sort of an MBA for supply chain management. So I'm not just, uh, you know, pulling this out of my uh, backside or something. I, I actually know a little bit about this stuff. And, um, you know, it is, it is not good. In, a, in an ordinary situation, within the context of the economy, that's fine. It's even smart. It's even the right way to do it, so to speak. But um, when it comes to these extreme emergencies, these unprecedented type emergencies, um, be they completely authentic and completely legitimate or somewhat manufactured like this one is, um, the system starts to break down. And even at this, where we only have 1% um, death rate, and the deaths, even those, I suspect a very large portion of those that will come out are people that were very unhealthy uh, to begin with. You know, I don't want it to be con con confused with them saying their lives don't matter, or they deserve to die, or any of that crap. No, I'm not saying that, you know, yeah, it sucks that they're, that they're going to die, and that, you know, that, that, yeah, that blows. But, you know, I just don't think you can, I think a lot of people think, myself included especially, that you can't just shut down the whole world because there's some small portion of the population is going to die. I mean, the ugly, simple truth is we're all going to die. I'm going to die. My parents are going to die. My family's going to die. My, my kids, I don't have kids currently, but the kids I will have someday are going to die. That cat over there on the other side of the room, we're all going to die at some point. And so, you know, yeah, that sucks, and it's just an unpleasant fact of life. However, um, there, there are rational, uh, calm, cool-headed ways to deal with that uh, ugly reality. Well, I don't even know if it's an ugly reality, but um, 
it's a difficult reality to to for human beings to deal with. Human beings are a, a particularly conscious creature, and um, we don't deal with it well. We're almost a little too conscious of the fact that we, you know, our lives are temporary. I mean, the entire thing is temporary, and that that's really hard for people to deal with. I mean, a lot of people's unhealthy behaviors that they get into are a means of coping with that fact in a in a in an incomplete way. Um, Everything from, um, uh, you know, um, the ones that come to mind are like drug addiction or, you know, reckless sexual behaviors or, um, you know, like gambling your family's uh, food money away. That kind of, you know, edgy shit. I think it often comes down to the fact that people haven't really dealt with the... the uh, the fact that they're going to die and that life is temporary. And it's really hard to come to the, you know, I'm saying it like it's an easy thing, but it's not. It really takes a lot of uh, work, really, spiritual work, as they'd call it. And um, so a lot of people find that they just don't have time. They're too busy, you know, doing all their other things that they've got going on in their life to really try to confront these big uh, philosophical and spiritual problems. And as a result of that, they don't ever confront it. Um, I know that some of them, I'm not going to say who, but some of my own family members, people I've been close to over the years are, are exactly that. They just, they won't deal with it. And you effectively, you can't make them, you know, you, you can't convince them that it's a good idea to confront these things. You can't uh, reason with them. You can't explain how you benefited from it. And that's why they should do it. They have to come to it on their own. Uh, it's almost like being red-pilled on a specific topic, um, like history or something. You have to seek that out yourself. If other people tell you about it, um, you can always just disbelieve them, or you can always just push the facts away because you don't like the facts. You can kind of live in an extended, uh, continuing denial about it and um, kind of defeat the whole purpose of the process. So... Um, I think that when this happens, when people don't confront this issue, then when something like this comes up and it forces them to confront the fact that they could die before they're ready, um, they kind of panic. And they don't panic as an individual. They panic as a group. And all the old people start acting real weird. And all the people who are sick start getting extra scared and, and so forth. And, uh, you know, that's, that's not good. That's really not good as a society. And um, we have to do something about that. I mean, on a larger scale, we have to confront that situation um, just in life. But we have to try to have some kind of means of doing that before we get to these crises. Um, the crisis like that, when you have all these people panicked, and overreacting and not thinking clearly, then people who have a um, tyrant streak in them, like Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who I have, uh, I could say, hours of negative things about in the state of Michigan here. Um, <laughs> I think she looks like Cruella DeVille from the 101 Dalmatians. You might remember that Disney movie when you were kids. Um, she's got this weird look about her, and I think she's got some really weird energy. Um, I, I don't, almost don't even want to know what's going on with that lady's spirit, but uh, it ain't good. <sighs> but anyway, 
people like that who have one psychological reason or another have a, a tyrant streak in them. And they've been craving that power their whole life. They've been craving an ability to clamp down on everybody else's life and tell people what they're going to do and when they're going to do it and how they're going to do it. You know, a lot of these people, especially uh, the women, you see that when they're really young. Um, I, I knew some some women, some girls, I guess, rather, when I was a kid. Who, man, oh man, did they just love to tell the the young boys, uh, you know, to be the, the the little boss of everybody. And then I, I guess that sort of when that starts to foment and form in the psyche, and then over a long enough period of time, if it goes unaddressed or unresolved, it, you know, you get a grown up woman who decides to go into politics. And then, you know, nothing's really going on. It's all that special in her career, but she's, she's still getting ahead. And then in the end, some crazy thing comes in like a, a Chinese concocted, you know, virus or whatever. And then it's the perfect opportunity for all those sadomasochistic sort of fantasies of stamping down on everybody else's liberties and, uh, you know, dictating and controlling everybody's life. It's like Christmas for them. I mean, it's, it's all the fantasies coming true at once. And uh, I can only imagine what the sort of power high of that must be like. Uh, I have no idea, but it must be quite something because they really just, you know, all of their logic and reasoning just goes right out the window very quickly. And um, it's really scary <laughs> because these people um, in that sort of emotional sense are really kind of not well. And, um, you know, it makes you wonder where this stuff could go. You know, it starts with things like COVID when it's a, a, a 1% death rate. But if this was a 10% death rate or God forbid it, 25% death rate or even worse, like a 50% death rate. I mean, you think society unraveled now, <laughs> it would be, uh, I can't even imagine what that would be like. It would be so extreme and so fast. I, I don't know what would be left working. Um, certainly the cities would be done. I mean, the, the, as I was talking about earlier, the just in time supply chains that bring the food, and fuel and other infrastructure critical uh, resources to the big metropolitan cities. If that stuff goes down for, I, I've I've heard it reported that they got about, and then then the uh, the pain will be so severe that you're you're talking about, you know, civil unrest in the streets and you know all that kind of extreme stuff. So it makes you what that would really be like if it was really that bad. I think we should um, take what we've experienced here as a warning of uh, what it could be like. We, we won't know until it happens because um, you know, people have been predicting a pandemic for a long time. They say, oh, the big one's coming. Oh, no, you better get the economy right. Oh, you better have it all sorted out. And, you know, I, I forget what the percentage was, but it's some crazy percentage. I think it's like 50% of Americans um, can't put together $400 in a crisis. Like, that's how bad our financials are and how... Um, debt-ridden our entire economy is. Uh, and, um, you know, a lot. most people my age have incredible student debt. They have, um, uh, especially the women, have very bad consumer debt. Um, you know, uh, I'm not going to sort of dox myself, but fortunately I've been very cautious not to make those problems for myself. I don't have any student debt. I don't have any consumer debt. Um, 
if I'm broke, it's more of an immediate broke. And it's, you know, you can always do more work. You can always go find more projects that will pay you. You can always, I can always take, I have enough credentials that I can always take on different freelance projects with different peoples. If I get um, fired by some political idiot or whatever, um, at the worst, it would be a real inconvenience. I'll just find new clients. So uh, most people are not in that situation. So um, it's really worrisome that our entire economy is so bad in those in that regard that if we had a really extreme event, we did have a, a 10% death rate or something, the ability to control people through their fear would just be unprecedented. I mean, look what they've done here and now. I mean, you have this 1% death rate kind of virus thing, or even less actually than that. And even that 1%, you know, are largely not healthy individuals. They only have like a 1% death rate. And, and look, at the, look at the absolute um, chaos in terms of destruction of your civil rights. I mean, you have uh, people losing their jobs left and right. You have um, businesses that are not allowed to open. Um, these tyrant politicians, Gretchen Whitmer, have used the cops as their own personal little army to go and, you know, inflict their will upon uh, businesses and, you know, restaurants and gyms. Like, like, I've been wanting to go to the gym for a while now. I can't because they, they just physically shut it down. And even gym owners want to, you know, um, risk retribution or something. And open. then they just send the cops over to stick a gun in their face effectively you know, at least in terms of potentials and shut it down and um, you know this is crazy so you can only imagine if you had a, something like a 10% death rate would it be 10 times more extreme um, I imagine it might be worse than that in which case I, I don't think you really house and it would become something like one of those disotopes where you know um you know, people just hate me. and so um, directly out of fear, without almost any rational thought in between. It's really worrying, and it makes you wonder how people would behave like that. And I, I really hope I don't find out, because it would be really ugly. But anyway, that's my test live stream. I wanted to give it a shot. I wanted to try talking about this issue. Uh, I'm sure, as you guys can tell, I have an awful lot to say about this issue. Um, in no, by no means am I done talking about this. Uh, I'll be done when they're done. I uh, think that the large portion of this whole event is um, getting back at the American people. Uh, first, by can't stand Trump because he's uh, you know putting a damper on their economy, and then also deep state. Um, toxic swamp kind of thing where, you know, he interrupted all of their schemes and scams that they had set to make themselves multi-millionaire more by doing all kinds of you know, quasi, maybe even legal, but still, you know, stuff that if it was out in the open, the people would not uh, want to stand for. And uh, a lot of his revenge against the bull from the Chinese government, and then from our own deep state. And I wonder how long this is going to go on until our people uh, rise up and find their spot. 
and go Let's deal with this. However, it has to happen. Um, I know that uh, most Americans, uh, something I'm also of, uh, are addicted severely to comfort and convenience. So much that we've been so used to our whole lives that if something is uncomfortable or severely inconvenient, we just won't do it. Even if it's totally necessary. Even, you know, and that, that even excludes, includes doing things that are ugly, that our ancestors would have done if uh, this kind of tyranny was inflicted on them over, uh, at best, questionable cause. I think um, a lot of these politicians would be turned into tree ornaments, as my censorship speak uh, coding calls it. Um, for the feds listening, I'm not advocating that. <laughs> wink, wink. But, um, you know, that, that is what our ancestors would have done. You know, especially 100 years ago, absolutely. Um, you know, you can say, that, oh, it's all peace and love and everything has to be handled with diplomacy and bit, bit, bit. Yeah, but, you know, the problem is, is that you can't handle type tyranny with diplomacy if the tyrant will not come to the table. You know, if you have a um, severe infection, you can't reason with infection. You have to just attack it and put it out. You have to you have to force it out of your system. And um, it makes me wonder, what is it going to take for the American people to rise up and 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 earn their freedom? You know, for the most part, most of us have just had it effectively given to us. And that's part of the problem, I think, that we uh, we don't we, we take it for granted in that regard because, yeah, people had to die for it. But for most of us, if you're unless you're a combat veteran, for say, for most of us, it was given to us. We didn't really have to do all that much to earn for it. We just got sort of lucky. We got the uh, genetic lottery, so to speak. And so, um, as a result, you know, we're not used to doing rough, tough shit to uh, earn our freedom. But I hope we do something to get it back. I hope that can be uh, a peaceful and, and reasoned through. But if it can't, well. You know, something's got to happen. And uh, we got to stop it here because if we don't, what this could lead to could be far, far worse than this. And I don't just mean an event, but it could just be a sort of test run for um, far, worse far worse tyranny exercises and even sort of like genocides. It's possible. Um, you know, we haven't seen that in um, the last century very much, but. It's certainly something that could happen. I think we'd be lying to ourselves if we, we believe. Well, anyway, that's my live stream. Good night, everybody.